You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and we are talking about how do you save your marriage, and sometimes I like to take questions from you. This is what I have. I've got a, a little question email from you. I'm not going to show you a lot. I did mark out the name. So this person is, uh, well, let's say DL. Let's use the, just the initials DL. Now, I do like to have your questions and understand what those questions are, and you can always send them to, them to me at podcast at savethemarriage.com, podcast at savethemarriage.com. Usually, I'll both uh, answer them here uh, and, and other places so that you, you can hear me either way or see with a video, but let me just read through this, uh, this question, and I want to comment on it. There's some good stuff in the question itself, and, and we're going to talk about why it's good stuff and then why we sometimes trip ourselves up. And there's a big trip up built into this. So the person says, hello, I'm a new listener and I really like your podcast. Hopefully you like my videos too. You say, my husband and I are going through a difficult phase in our relationship and we've been together for 14 years. So good amount of time. I believe that a relationship should consist of the three C's. Now, if you're familiar with me, you know that I have a number of C's when I talk about things. These are not my three C's. Uh, this is uh, somebody else's. I'm not, not exactly sure where. I've heard it before, but I'm not sure who created this. The three C's of commitment, connectedness, and chemistry. I'm going to tell you what I like about those three things and why I think that they're interrelated anyway, okay? So you say, I believe they vary for everyone, but for me, I believe these three are my top. I feel that we are currently both committed, but missing the other two. We have tried couples therapy, but that didn't feel, but didn't feel like we made much progress. I've seen improvements after we stopped counseling talk about that in a minute. But the fear of these changes only being temporary impedes me to move forward and focus on the positive. How do you recommend I move past that? Okay, so first let me tell you the good stuff. I do believe that the, there are those three C's you talked about, commitment, connectedness, and chemistry are important. In fact, I would say that commitment is the North Star of your relationship. It should always guide you Right, that's that kind of the the built in to the wedding vows is that we're going to do this no matter what happens, no matter what kind of days come our way. We're going to protect our relationship, but we're going to do this until death do us part. That that is commitment. When you say those words, you are committed to being through this, to getting through this, and when you link it to commitment, you're saying we're going to figure out our way through this. We're going to figure it out. Years ago, uh, my kids were in a school program where the person that you started school with after kindergarten, so there was a kindergarten teacher, and after a kindergarten teacher, you had the same teacher follow you through their ele elementary school um, curriculum. And so I, at one point, we were in a teacher's conference, and I said to uh, the teacher, well, what do you do? I mean, given this tracking, you know, what do you do if you're having a hard time with one of those kids because you're stuck with them year after year. You know, if you're a public school teacher, it's like, let me make it through the year and send you on to the next teacher. But in this case, it was, I'll see you next year and the year after. And the teacher said, in our approach, if I'm having a hard time with the child, I need to ask the question, 
Why am I? Because I've committed to the process. What is holding me back? What's got me stuck in the process? That's commitment. Right When you're facing that and you're, you're orienting towards that commitment I've made, the North Star, it's always going to point you towards the right direction. Sure, you can have a wave come along, you can have storms come along, but when the clouds clear, commitment, that's what we orient around. Now, that doesn't mean that therefore, you know, you just got to suck it up and make it through. But commitment begins to be the foundation to guide you through to find how you're going to do the rest of this connectedness and chemistry. Okay, so now let's talk about this. When people um, decide to get married, it's generally because they have connectedness and chemistry, generally. I mean, there are some other reasons, but let's just take the broad approach that people do that because of connectedness and chemistry. And as you've heard me probably talk, connectedness is the lifeblood of a relationship, right? It is the lifeblood. It, it's what keeps you and nurtures you and pull, pulls you through. But connectedness is not a thing. It's what you do. You work to stay connected. So chemistry, on the other hand, is kind of the outgrowth of connection. It's the abundance of connection. So whenever you are in any relationships in life, you have lots of different kinds of relationships. The basis of, of that relationship is a type of connection. I have a connection with friends. I have a connection with mentors. I have a connection with my kids, with my dog, right? I have a connection with friends uh, where I do activities and I have a strong connection with my spouse, my wife, so much so that that connectedness turns to chemistry. And so that's why that's kind of the downside of these three is that uh, commitment does guide us, but we work on building the connection, right? We orient towards commitment. We work on building the connection and that leads to chemistry. That's that's how the, all that flows. So this is really a, a way of orienting, number one, on the commitment. And then how do you activate that? By working on the connection. If you work on the connection, in comes the chemistry. That's the important part of this formula, I think, is to understand that that's the flow. Commitment guides me because I have decided, I've committed to being this no matter what. And there are, I mean, I, when I say that, barring abuse and, you know, barring maybe something happening that leads you to say, I can't stay in this commitment, not I'm not happy as a way out or not, we're not connected right now as a way out, but some things that really disrupt it. And so for, for general population, for most people, it's being oriented towards that commitment you make. And then you work on staying connected. And that's where couples get into trouble. So connection is what I talk about when I talk about, so I'm talk, this person is concerned about what happens. Uh, DL is concerned about that. So what happens? We have created now a target of connecting, right? Connecting has two pieces to it, choices and actions. I can choose to focus on that. I can choose to create connections in my actions. I can make choices in life. You know, if I've got this choice or this choice, this choice leads me to more connection with my spouse. This choice leads me away. I have a choice to make. My actions, my loving actions or unloving actions are going to impact connection. What I choose to do, what I choose to say, what I choose not to do, what I choose not to say, all affect those 
connections. So when we talk about how do we nurture those connections, there are lots of things that I've talked about and how you do that in, in many different ways, but those fall into the choices and connections and, or choices and actions. And here's the problem. People hit the pause button without recognizing it. I see it every day. People have hit the pause button and they didn't even know it existed. It's not like they're going, whoo, you know what? I think I'm going to pause things. They just go, hey, you know what? We'll get back to our relationship after the kids are whatever age, you know, and, and it, it's interesting how all of that begins to always be a little bit further out. Hey, we'll come back to our relationship when the kids are out of diapers, when the kids are in school, when the kids are out of school, when the kids are in their careers, when the kid, you know, it's, it's always late, we'll get back to us. Or it's the career. When we finally get this much income, which always rolls upward to what it's going to take, when I get that promotion, right? When I establish this, when I would do whatever, or at hobbies, you know, when, when I finally get the travels out or the friends out or the activities out or I achieve this somewhere, somewhere along the way, pause button, the relationship will be waiting. I've talked about this other places. So I'm not going to go in depth here, but it is the pause button that gets in the way. And then that creates habits. We either have habits of connections or habits of disconnection. Pause button, habits of disconnection. We work on habits of connection. And so what you talk about are these um, places where couples therapy didn't help, by the way, that's generally the case. Statistically speaking, that is the case. When you look at studies of outcomes with marriage therapy, they're not great. And I'm not going to go into that because I've also talked about that in other places. So I'm not going to go into that much as much as to say most people don't find improvement through therapy. But you say, then we found some things, whatever it was afterwards. You've seen improvements after we stopped counseling. And here is what I want to really point to. You say the fear of these changes only being temporary impede me to move forward and focus on the positive. Let me tell you how you can guarantee them being temporary. The fear of them being temporary. That's how you can make sure they're temporary because if you're going, you know what, I'm afraid this is so temporary, so I'm not going to fully engage. Guess what happens? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, imagine you know, you're going to the gym, right? You've decided that maybe, maybe you're like me, right? Age is creeping along and you realize that you got to do some things to keep the muscles up and, and not lose muscle. And so you're going, and so you, you've got this good habit, right? You're going to the gym, you're lifting weights, you're holding on to the muscle. Maybe even you're seeing some definition in your muscles and everything else. And you go, you know what? I'm afraid this might be temporary, so I better not go to the gym. I better stop going. Or maybe you do something else in life that is improving your life, right? You're uh, doing something and it's going well. You're journaling or um, taking up a new hobby or whatever, and you're seeing progress. And you go, wow, you know, I'm seeing this progress, but I'm afraid it's temporary, so I think I'll stop doing those things out of fear that it might be temporary. Therefore, it's temporary, right? So you, you stop going to the gym and you go, I, I knew it. those muscles aren't going to stick. I knew that was going to happen. You, you, whatever it is, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not true just in relationships. It's true in many places in life, but it's especially true in relationships because we're afraid of investing in that and somehow it's going to break our hearts. The fact is that 
plays into the trap. The trap is now set of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so let me just ask you, what does improvement look like for you? Now I'm speaking to DL, but now I'm speaking to you. What does improvement look like in your relationship? Here's why I ask. If you could say, this is what I would like out of my relationship, then you can begin to reverse engineering how engineer how to get to there, right? Reverse engineering means we take the final product and we take it apart and find how we're going to get there, right? So, I mean, it, it, reverse engineering comes to us uh, from a lot of places that'll, like, they'll take something, their phone or, or some device, and they'll go, how did they make that? Let's take it apart and see the components. And then we get all the components. We go, okay, now we can assemble that and get to that final product again, maybe creating our own. So what is the improvement going to look like? What, what would it look like for you to have the relationship that you want, the connection you want, the whatever it is in your relationships you don't have right now, what would it look like specifically? What would you want to build now? Let's build back from there. What's missing from there, right? This is what I want. This is where we are. This space here, that's what we've got to create. What is that going to look like? What are the pieces of that that require us to get there? So if you have that and you understand what your improvement looks like, then you can begin to work on how you get there. So connection requires a couple of things. In my mind, building true connection requires intentionality. Sure, back in the early days of your relationship, you couldn't stay apart and all you wanted was connection. But now life gets in the way and you have to be intentional about that. You have to schedule time together. You have to plan time. You have to even think time. How are we going to make that? How am I going to spend time? How am I going to be present? How am I going to make sure that we are in a place where we can connect together, right? So all of those pieces are, are what make us fit together in intentionality intentionality. So you have to say, this is how we're going to move. So intentionality. And if you can with your spouse in agreement, one of the things I've noticed, and I, I talked about this, just, just to fin wrapping up a series about this with my VIP group about expectation and the expectation trap. Expectations are deadly to relationships. And so we've been talking about what do you do instead of having these expectations? And it's an agreement, having agreement right? Instead of, I expect you to do this, it's, can we agree on this? Can we agree on how to get there? Much more of a mutual, connected, we kind of discussion. And so part of what we're looking at here is how can you move to agreement, right? How can we move from this, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but intentionality and agreements will help us get there. And that helps us avoid the expectation trap, expectation trap is that I have expectations for you and whether you meet them or not, we're stuck. If you meet them, I'll go, okay, well, that was what I expected. So no big deal. If you don't meet them, I'm going to be disappointed, angry, frustrated, whatever with you. And you're going to be feeling shame, frustration, whatever else on your end, because you failed as opposed to an agreement where we are both on the same page. Then if it doesn't happen, we can say, Hey, I thought we were in agreement on this. What do we do from here? How do we move forward? which removes this whole fear of the temporary improvement. So let's talk about the fear of it being temporary. What's the fear of? What happens if you're not continuing to make the progress you want? Because now let me bring out the heavy piece. 
you won't. Life isn't a slow climb from down here to up there. It's not a steady or even a fast climb. It's not a climb. It's not a steady climb. Life is and connection and relationships are not a linear upward move, movement. They are ups and downs. So there are going to be times when you are more connected and less connected. There are times when you're going to feel better and worse about the relationship. There are going to be times when you feel more and less love. And that is normal in a relationship. The people who think it's going to be always upward are the ones who are constantly disappointed. Disappointment is a central uh, sign that there was an expectation that didn't work out. And so the process is not this. It's up and down and around and, and repeating and, and, and we're find, trying to find our pattern. Yeah, you can make progress over time, but it's kind of like you, what you're trying to do is get the average together, right? If it's like this, you notice it's still this. When you level it out, you still are making improvements. You're learning, you're growing, you're changing. That's how we make progress everywhere in life, right? If you uh, have ever been in sports, you know, you've probably had the experience where you learn a whole lot and then you plateau and maybe even you find yourself just not improving, right? So I've been doing, I've, I've done a number of different uh, sports over the years, did jujitsu, found the same thing true now. I'm playing pickleball, trying to find the same thing. So initial, wow, I was, I was getting better really fast and then it slowed down. And then I couldn't make progress. And then I learned that I was doing the wrong. Just last week, I had somebody who was a much more advanced player show me how to do something better. And guess what happened to my performance? Not that. That. Because now I was doing something different. But now I can see it's climbing back up, right? That's what happens. We plateau. We, we learn. We grow. We plateau. We drop. We come back up and learn some more and find better ways of doing it. And that is life. That is relationships. That's not a sign that something's wrong. We're trying to make progress along the way and learn from that. So fear of what? What's got you there in the fear? What's the fear about? What's it about? What would happen if things aren't constantly improving? How can you, instead of going, oh, they're not so good now, oof, now we're receding to ask the question, how can we change course and move upward? So what is the real risk in moving forward regardless of where things are. What's the risk of that? So what this email has in it is some good stuff. You've already said it's about commitment. You've got commitment. You're not so keen on the, the connection and the chemistry. I mean, that you didn't say that. I'm filling in the blanks for you, but you, the chemistry and the, the or the, let's say the connection and thus the chemistry are not where you want it to be. But that's about intentionality. That's about making choices. It's not just happen. You don't just go, well, I'll wait for the connection to come and I'll wait for the chemistry to come. You ask the question, what do we need to do to connect? How can I build new habits of connection? Okay, so that's the trap of this and that's the freedom of this. You now know that you have choices. You have control over where that goes. You get to choose the path going forward. You've already got the commitment. You've already got the North Star. You've already named that. And you say you both are living there. Now you decide to be intentional about the uh, connection, which will lead to chemistry. And you recognize that, no, it's not going to be a straight up path, but it's a path that's worthwhile. It's a path that matters. That's how you make it through this.
That's how you move past this. You focus on your intentionality and you keep moving forward. And if you need help with that, please come visit me. I say this every time and it's because my program has been used by so many people. It's the Save the Marriage system. Savethemarriage.com is where you can visit me, savethemarriage.com. This program has been used by people around the world to get on track. If what I'm saying makes sense to you, you need to grab the system. Come visit me at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save and improve your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.